Welcome to The Crunch with Crib. I'm Jess, and each episode I'll be talking with some of WA's best real estate agents and business people. Peter Zambotti started his career in real estate as a fresh-faced 18-year-old. Less than two years later, he followed Matt Podesta to Mont Property, and he hasn't looked back since. Selling in the prominent areas surrounding Applecross as an 18-year-old is no mean feat, and in this episode of The Crunch, Peter tells us how sheer tenacity got him through the early years of his career. Welcome to The Crunch. Thanks, Jess. Thanks for having me. We got here in the end. We got here in the end after a couple of reschedules. Um, Now, first things first, we've just been having a bit of a chat about this, but the way we always start our, our episodes, tell me how you got your start in real estate. Yeah, interesting start. Um, always wanted to be in real estate. Had a few mates and their brothers were in it. And uh, one day, yeah, there, was no, there wasn't many jobs going for someone that just left school. Um, this was 2006? Yeah, 2006. Finished in 2005, but there wasn't much going on. And anyway, my mate gave me a call and said, look, we've got a job for you. And I said, yep, yeah, cool. No worries. Where do I start? What am I doing? I was effectively going to be the driver for the principal who'd lost his license for drink driving. So... <laughs> Um, Very nice. Yeah, it was a, it was an interesting start. So my first six months, I was just driving him around, listening, um, being stuck in the car. It was pre-internet on the phone. So did he did he take you into his appointments, or did you have to wait in the car? No, still we were just in the car. <laughs> we were um, just sitting there waiting. So it was a very interesting start. So we we heard a lot of conversations on the phone, but it was um, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting time to start. Yeah, and then and then we well slowly worked into being in the office a bit more and working for some of the senior agents that needed a bit of assistance back then yeah the tail end of the boom yeah okay so it was a busy time it was time yeah it was really busy it was 2006 was the end of the boom so we we really i saw a lot what had happened but it was kind of good that we started then because we we got an understanding of what it could be like but after that it turned pretty quickly and Mm. when we were agents in our own right we always knew how hard it was because we weren't around in 03, 4, 5 when it, things were really sailing through. Yeah. And have you? How, do you think it's reached? Do you, did you ever get back there? You're still waiting for it to get back to that? I don't think it'll ever get back to what I saw because, yeah, it was just a, an environment where things you would – anything would sell. It was always at overs. Everyone was making money. Now what we sell – you know, you look at the sales board, everyone's losing money on their purchase price plus mm-hmm. stamp duty, agents, fees, holding costs. It's a much different equation to back then in 2006 when really pre-internet, it was just the West advertising and cowboys. Yeah, yeah. Anyone Very different everyone. time. Beautiful. I want to come back to that, but I I want to ask you, your, you've been referring to we. Tell me who the we is in that Mont, equation. So obviously we've I've been there since it started. Um, so you and Matt Podesta, yeah. from the start, he was helping you drive... Yeah, I was. See around. I we actually started at Acton for a couple of years, but when Matt decided to start his own, I actually got fired from Acton. Mm -hmm. Um, wasn't not because we didn't know what we were doing. We just would have been immature, and yeah, um, we just used to back chat a bit. And the old lady said, "Look, Pete, you need to learn some lessons. I I think you better go somewhere else." So I think it was actually one of the best things that ever happened. And in that period of me not having a job for a couple of weeks. Matthew decided to start his own. Okay. And I just happened to phone him and just see what he was doing because I wasn't up to much. And he said, look, I've started Mont. Mm-hmm. Do you want to come and join? And that was at the stage before it even the doors had opened. So, yeah, we just I turned up and we've been there forever since, head down, bum up. So, yeah, yeah Matthew and I have, have gone through a lot together, but um, it's his business. Um, and, yeah, since yeah. then it's been 
there and the team's growing. Beautiful. So tell me about the business because um, obviously you've been there, you know, since the start. I wanted to ask about Mont because that you, you guys there have a really specific aesthetic. You've got a very strong brand mm-hmm. um, and everything, I guess, the way you kind of position yourselves and want to be seen in the market is very, very strong. How much do you, you know, you've been there from the start. How mm. much do you have input over that or are you very much selling real estate and Matt's kind of... Yeah. Being a, a, a quite a small hands-on team, we all have a, a, a um, an input in how we want to be portrayed in the market, but we Matt's quite good at positioning the brand how he wants it. Um, and we, look, we have input and we, we all decide which way to go and um, going certain ways and appealing to certain clients, but he, he does really take charge of that and that's what he's really good at. Mm-hmm. I really focus on selling. Um, so we, yeah, we have a bit of, um, input, but I leave that up to him cause he really knows what he's doing. Um, yeah. so I just can get on with selling. Tell me about, um, how long had you been in the industry when you started Mont or when you went to Mont? 18 months. So looking back on that and you wouldn't really hear about now there's been, you know, a few agencies go out and open their own brand mm. in the last year and they've all been fairly, I guess, experienced, have had at least five or so years in the industry. Yeah. Looking back at that, was that naive. I mean, you've obviously been super successful, but tell me about that kind of first couple of years. It was really, well, I think ignorance is bliss. We didn't yeah. lo- know a lot. I mean, I didn't, I was, I was, I think when I started Mon, I was, we started that Mon, I was 20 and Matt would have been 23. And wow. it was in Applecross. We were against like heavy hitting agents that had been there for 30 years at New Everyone Golf Club, you know, Yacht Club, kids at the private schools. And we were just these two young boys that turned up and just we just didn't stop. So we've just put our head down, out prospected, out worked. Um, yeah. And then one one person led to two and it was it was tough, but I think we took on the side of tech, which the more mature agents and established agents were a bit complacent. So we were a bit one step ahead, but mm-hmm. we also outworked and just really, yeah, just we had this motto that we would just keep going until we couldn't stop. And in a way we didn't have kids and we didn't have, you know, wives or anything that we had to really go back to. So we was just all in, all in, which is, it sounds like a bit much, but we had no choice then. So paying off now. Yeah. But yeah, it was. 13 years later. We didn't pick an (laughs) easy area to crack. Yeah. Um, But. I was going to, that was my next question. Why, why Applecross? South of the river, I mean, it's the flagship. You can you can sell from anywhere from there. It's, mm-hmm. it's really where all the agencies generally set up their business. Yeah. Um, my core area is not Applecross. It's more the suburbs surrounding that, just in the price bracket where I tend to um, naturally get most of my stock. But, mm-hmm. yeah, Apple, it's such a beautiful place. Everyone wants to be there. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. And what are some of the objections? Like even now you guys in that area are probably um, – Maybe some of the younger agents in the area or, you know, a more contemporary brand possibly. Mm-hmm. What are some of the – do you get objections in that regard? And I assume you did at the time. How did you kind of overcome that? That we were – Too young. Too, oh, yeah. Too inexperienced. That was the common thread. But age is, is no barrier. But people used to ring up. I mean, I used to door knock and this lady rang up and rang up the reception and said, oh, can you please not send anyone – you know, this kid just looked like he just finished school knocking on my door and I was <laughs> – Anyway, whatever. I just keep going. But we would always would get in a lot of doors, but yeah. we wouldn't win that many appraisals, or we wouldn't win that many listings because, you know, they would look at us like, you know, who are these guys? Where did they come from? They don't have any runs on the board. But every now and then, someone gives you a crack, and they want to punt on someone that's really invested and can see they're keen. And you know, there are a few people out there that'll roll the dice, yeah. and those ones that did, 
really we did good did a good job for them and then it snowballed from there so but yeah. it, it was we were up against we had no contacts it was no experience in that pocket plus really established agents it was tough yeah do you think that there was what do you remember like a turning point where you went ah oh, yes we finally we've cracked it no, look, it's been a very slow build, mm-hmm. um, but the harder the market's got, the better we've got because in the boom and in the better times, you know, the, the market makes the agent look good and now it's you've really got to put the deal together and, you know, we'll have our best years, we're having our best years now in the hardest times, I think. Mm-hmm. The prices are, you know, are always under what people have bought for unless the zoning's change or something, you know, abnormal's happened. but. Mm. It's it's it, it hasn't really uh, you know arrived or like we've you know things are going really well but it's just been a very slow build and that sort of ten plus year and now we've got a, an established track record which we can you know show and people resonate with that and think okay well I don't have to ask fifty questions where these guys have come from and what have they sold yeah yeah so that, that's 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 really refreshing now mm-hmm. what's what else has changed in those ten years in terms of the way you have to operate yeah really good question I think looking back from 2006 it was a, it was a very cowboy industry yeah there was no transparency there was no online reviews there's no video it, there was no sales stats that you could just go on the sold page of realestate.com it was really just say whatever you want and most people would believe it that old hoodwink style of real estate agent now it's so transparent and it's mm-hmm. just massive trust um and people can now see through video what the agent's like um they can go to your home they could do that before but now it's very trust based it's very hand picked before they would just ring the the local agent on the landline and request an appraisal yeah now they're doing that digital interview they're doing everything first checking out you know your supplies checking out your video checking out your sold section checking out your prices days on market and they'll research and they'll pick the agent they want rather than just ringing you know 9364668 you know give me a sales rep please yeah so tell me how social media fits into your marketing because and video because you mm. guys obviously produce and I'm probably thinking you know of Matt's real flagship properties that he yeah. sells here but you guys produce beautiful video or we produce beautiful you do, video do, for do, you great job um, <laughs> but you don't generally feature in them as yeah. an agent uh, your social media for Mont is. Um, very much property based, not mm-hmm. really agent based. Yeah. You, I don't believe, have really got a rep, no. essentially social media presence. What's the kind of decision behind that, and how do you, how do you think about that when when you also have to think about that transparency and the fact yeah. that everyone else is, you know, everywhere. It's it's finding the balance where the the property is the hero, not the agent. And I look, if you go through the stock, you know, we, we are in a few of them, um, depending on the stock. But we we don't we see a lot of agents that are. Um, I tend to think that, you know, it's a movie star and, you know, they're the main attraction. But the clients employing us to sell the house, they've got beautiful houses. Generally, that sells enough of the, of you know, they get the picture through there. I mean, yeah, I am in some of the videos, but I, I try and let the the hero be the property. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're in the background. They will obviously come across us and meet us. But we're slowly building in that. We're just finding the, the line of, um, you know, what's acceptable, what the client wants, and I think the higher end brands, the higher end stock, it's 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 very based around the property um, and and the seller rather than the agent and making them look like Superman. Mm-hmm. Just so we're quite mindful of that, mm-hmm. not going too far. But I I think the agent does have a very good um, has an important role in the sale process because people buy off people they like and they trust and they're transparent. So I really value the videos. I think they're a great you know, and Crypt does a great job and. 
we're working towards being more in them, but it's selective on the property. Yeah. Is that an ongoing discussion in the office about how things are changing? Because when I think about, um, I guess, agents, especially in those pockets of Perth or, you know, you're really successful agents, most of them now are very, you know, and even if it's only been in the last year, mm. I mean, off, um, before we started recording, we were talking about Shane Beaumont, yep. who's obviously very prolific, yep. um, but they're very much all over social media. So yeah. is that something that you guys are always talking about? And, you know, I just, it, it, it's a different um, approach, I guess. It is, it is a, a, and as we were saying off air, Shane, one of my good mates, we had a chat that two years ago and he wasn't on social media for real estate and he said, Pete, I'm going to do it. What do you reckon? And we all, we had this laugh and we're like, you know, you don't want to come across like a tool just, and, but he does it very well now. And the keys is very real and raw and people mm. like that. He's mm. not strutting around in the three piece suit, you know, getting out of a, um, you know, S 500. It's, he's very real, very raw. And that's what buyers want. So, but he also sells in an area that buyers want that. Whereas you yeah. guys could probably strut around in whatever you wanted. And it's kind of, it's a different market. I, I think buyers and I think people, they don't really want to see that because most people no, selling I agree. Uh, in this market, yes, are going through, are struggling. Are struggling. It's either, you know, unforeseen circumstances, it's financial issues, it's relationship. It's, it's something where they don't want the agent ramming something down their throat that, Hey, look at me, I'm taking your money. And I, so it's, it's being very cautious of the situation and mindful and respectful. So I think it does play a huge part, social media in, mm -hmm. in moving forward, but we're just trying to find the balance of what works well for the client base that we work with. Yeah. But every demographic, like Shane's market, Super different. If we're selling a lot of units in a city, younger guys, you know, I think that's a, a huge part in, in that. But when we're dealing with our average seller is generally retired, mm -hmm. they're a little bit slower paced. They just want the service based. They're not too worried about three-piece suits and, yeah. and uh, you know. They're probably not uh, on Instagram, uh, are they? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're more on Facebook. So, but look, I'm a massive believer in it and we're working towards, you know, yeah. with Crib to go to the next level. Yeah. So tell me then, and we're coming back to, I guess, Mont as a brand again, but you, um, you know, you've been there for a really long time from the start. Is, uh, is there an ambition for you to actually be part of the business or mm. do you just still have that passion for selling real estate and, yeah. um, you know, I'm a believer. I mean, I watch what Matt does running the business is probably not my forte. I'm a salesperson at heart. I've got Christy, who's my assistant. She does all the admin. I'm terrible at admin. On one of those questions is what are you good at and what are you not good at? Admin is is, is just not my skill set. So I'm on the road. I'm, I'm talking to buyers and sellers and, and listing and negotiating Yeah, where I don't really want to get bogged down with um, running a business. Yeah, It's just not what I'm good at. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm just really doubling down on what I'm really good at it and, mm -hmm. and letting that run its course. So Okay. Beautiful. Um, back to your buyers and sellers for, for the moment because I've just been doing a little bit of research for our our new show about the market, I guess, and mm -hmm. whether it's up, is it down, is it obviously we know we all read the news. How are your um how how's how are you finding your market at the moment and how mm. are you having to, I guess, deal with your sellers? We've spoken about they're probably lots of them are in tough situations, dealing with lots of negative equity. Mm. How have you how are you dealing with that and yep. you know, how have you seen it change, I guess, since five years ago? 
I think five years ago, Jess, a lot of people were still having hopes of those boom time prices, but now everyone's had enough, um, you know, they've seen enough news articles to realise that the market is what it is. It's a it's a really bad time to be selling, but it's a great time to be buying. So if you're doing the same thing, it's okay. But yeah, if you look at the sales board and you see what people bought for and what people are selling for, it's mm. 99% of the time they've lost money. So it's a really sensitive um topic but if you're real and you're honest and you're transparent and you're upfront if people want to sell um you know it's about the process not the promise on price so we really sit down with them and some of them we say hey look don't sell rent um we'll look at it in a couple of years but we really analyze what they want Mm -hmm. and say well look if you're selling in this market this is where we need to be and this is how we want to do it to maximize exposure and price so Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's not an easy conversation but people want to be helped through the they don't want to be told you know overprice, overpromise and underdeliver. It's just be straight, be honest and be transparent. And that's mm-hmm. really what we can bring to the table. Yeah. And what, how are you finding your buyers at the moment? It was harder with them before. I think now that the stock levels have dropped considerably, mm-hmm. good stock's selling quite quickly. Yeah. yeah. The apartment market's totally different. Mm-hmm. The land market's going okay, but family homes are selling well if their price right because the stock's drop, which is really refreshing. Yeah. Tell me about, you mentioned the apartment market and obviously we had the off the plan rebates for stamp stamp duty rebates announced a couple of weeks ago. What's your opinion on that? Look, we don't have a lot of um, exposure to the apartment market, just where City of Melville, I mean, there are a bit coming up, Mm. but it's not something that we get too involved in. Um, So yeah, can't really. Hopefully that stimulates it, but I think there's going to be a still a massively oversupply of yeah. apartments and you just see what people are trying to, what people selling them for three years later, it's just a, a massive loss. It's not a good situation to be in. Yeah. So we actually try and avoid that market, to be honest. <laughs> just stay with the establishment. Yeah. Um, do you prefer to sell or to list? Um, I prefer to list. I like the chase. and I. I but my hope, what we tend to do is, is become their agent before they need it. So most of the stuff that we list is from a relationship that we've built over a prospecting period of, of multiple years. Mm-hmm. So when we are, or when they are ready to sell, just we're not going in there and having to promise them this, tell them that and do a handstand and look at me. It's more, okay, you've kept in touch. You've provided relevance over these years and there's a level of trust. Mm-hmm. They've seen us in the marketplace. So I, I, I like that, that when people come back to us, it's like, yeah, great. That That's payback for all those years. But yeah, selling, I think the house, you know, selling's fun, but I, I like the thrill of um, of the listing. That's 100% of agents I've asked that question. You're right. <laughs> um, uh, what, tell me about your prospecting process. It used, I mean, back in the day when you started and you're young and you had no money, you didn't know anyone. I used to use a roadmap. I, I wasn't from south of the river. I just had to figure it out. Where so were you from? I was I brought up in Mount Lawley. So okay. um, totally different area. Yeah. I only really landed in south because obviously the guy lost, lost his license and was based in <laughs> South Perth. So that's how that started. But um, prospecting for me, I actually built my career on cold calls. I just used to ring all day, nonstop landlines and mobiles, um, just day after day after day. And it 
the guys used to look at me going, what's wrong with you? Just give it up, mate. But we didn't have a huge marketing budgets because we were, we were young. We didn't know anyone. Well, I didn't know anyone. So I thought, well, what, what's the hardest thing that no one wants to do? And that's either door knock and cold call. Mm-hmm. I looked very young, so I didn't want to door knock because I looked like, you know, Jehovah's Witness or or someone that just got out of high school. So <laughs> Like I thought, the school safety. You're like, yeah, is this the safety Is something house? wrong with this guy? So I thought – I know how to talk. I, I'll just use that phone. So I would just call and I'd make hundreds of calls a week and just leave voicemails and just keep going. And, you know, someone would give you a crack. And over the years, we'll just keep in touch. And, yeah. and, and now it's the, the calls are coming in rather than going out. We still, we still keep in touch with everyone, but it was very old school, 101 real estate of cold calls. What was the passion in real estate for you? Because as an 18-year-old kid, to sit on the phone and make cold calls to people who don't want to talk to you mm. – is a tough thing to do. Like there must have been what, – what was the driver for you? The driver was I went to uni for two days and I thought <laughs> I can't do this and I actually had no other options. I was good at sport but, you know, academic, I was okay but I, I always knew I could sell and I could I could get people on my team, you know what I mean? So I really had no other option to be honest. I sort of burned the boats, life rafts, and I said, look, I've got to make this work and <laughs> I just – I wouldn't stop. I was like a dog with a bone. So I thought, all right, if I'm going to do it, I, I need a point of difference. And I've I've got to outwork these guides that have all these connections. My only avenue with limited resources was to pick up the phone and just say, hey, I'm Peter from Mont. Have you had any thoughts in selling? And no one wanted to sell because the market was so bad. But eventually, you know, over three years, yep, okay, my daughter's finished uni. We're downsizing. Come and have a look. Yeah, right. Would lose most of the listings because I was so young. But over time, it would build <laughs> Over and build time, and build. you got older. Yeah, I got older and, you know. <laughs> but you, you live and learn. But now I can look back and I'm glad I had to go through that pain to, to get where I am. Yeah, yeah. So your motivation at 18 is there's no other options. What's your motivation 13 years later? What, what, what do you love about the job? I really like helping people. I mean, and, and when they're selling now, it's based – under stress, you know, they're, they're not selling because it's time to upgrade because their business is doing really well or they want to, you know, buy a waterfront property. Every now and then you get one of those, but now it's how can we help? And I think we're really delivering on there's a big difference between a good agent and a bad agent in terms of price, what mm-hmm. you're going to get. But mm-hmm. helping someone through such a stressful time in their life is very rewarding. I don't do it for the money. It's more just ticking that box saying, yeah, I actually made a difference. I actually helped and I actually – I was I I charged a fee, but I gave value back, and yep. that's that's when I go home. I think, yep, I've left everything on the table to help this person get out of that house and maximize maximize their return, mm-hmm. and that's really what. Because if you do fifty sales, sixty sales, hundred sales, it's not about the dollar. It's it's about doing a good job, and then the referrals coming in. Mm-hmm. That's what makes me smile. Like now, my phone rings and it's referrals. It's and that's just you know you're inside. You're like, great, thank you. You know I've done a good job. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's that's what drives us now. Yeah, beautiful. Um, tell me about your what do you do to get better? You mentioned the digital interview before, which makes me think you're a Tom fan, Panos fan. I do like Tom. <laughs> I do like Tom. Um, I. I listen to all of that. I, yeah, I'm a big believer of just just being the best version of yourself. Yeah, I mean, it sounds a bit corny, and you've probably heard that a hundred times. But I kind of enjoy the self improvement and just getting better. I think real estate is like a job interview every day. You're pitching for business. You've got to be on your A game. If you're off, mm-hmm. and that other agent's that little bit more research, a little bit more keen, um, you, you're going to miss it. So it's just being always sharp and on the ball and mm-hmm. and having fun with it. Yeah. How do you think about your personal brand? We've talked about the mod mm. brand a fair amount. Yeah. Um, we mentioned you don't have 
a huge social media presence in terms of like an agent mm-hmm. presence. How do you think about your personal brand? What do you, how do you differentiate yourself? You said early days was just, you're going to do the yards and work yep. really hard. Is that kind of still your thing or? Yes, but obviously do, doing about a deal a week and having quite a few listings, you're in the marketplace now. So it's now people that are coming in contact with you, um, that can see what you're about, how you conduct your inspections, how you answer the phone, how you get back to people, just how you carry out your day-to-day business is, is my brand. So yeah. look, there are ways I'm looking at to take that to the next level mm-hmm. um, and really expose it. But, um, you know, that's building the team, which was, which I'm slowly doing. Mm-hmm. Um, social media is a part of it, which we're looking to, to, to explode, but it's, um, it's more just doing a good job one by one, day by day, and letting the referrals come in. I mean, we're, we're quite heavy on our marketing in terms of a little bit of old school style in, in terms of the letterbox drops and yeah, sold paper flyers. And, yeah, because yeah. our market is quite a lot older. Yeah. They still yeah. use a letterbox. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't check mine, but they still love getting the flyers out of the mail and and reading the Herald and all of that sort magnet. of stuff. Yeah. And, well, their calendar. Magnus will let go, <laughs> just, but they, you know, they still keep the flyers and the business cards and the handwritten letters. It's very one-on-one real estate. So, yeah, but there's, there's definitely room to grow with, with social media. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had a question for you just then and it's completely gone it's out of my mind. What were we talking about? Oh, you're, that's what I was going to say. What are your non-negotiables? We we're talking to, I spoke to Adam Namoski a couple of weeks ago and he said, look, I don't believe there's any excuse to not call someone back. Mm-hmm. That was his kind of non-negotiable. Yep. Um, you obviously just mentioned your service. Are there any things in your business that is like an absolute? Yeah, absolute must. I mean, communications, everything. When mm-hmm. when they're selling, they want to know what's going on. So if my phone rings and the vendor's ringing me, I'm like, oh no, what have I done? Have I left the lights on or something? You know, so I'm always on the front foot so they don't have to call. So really communication, super transparent, just so they know exactly where it's at. And just doing what you say you're going to do. Because a lot of people go to these listing presentations, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and overpromise, and then none of it gets delivered. And three yeah. weeks in there feeling like, well, hang on, I just got sold up the river here. So it's just dotting the I's, crossing the T's, and just being meticulous with everything. Mm-hmm. Because the guys that we're helping sell are generally very well educated, know what they want, and yeah. have been around the block many times. So you slip up, you'll get found out pretty quickly. They're going to know about it. Yep. Tell me, um, who do you think's doing things well in Perth at the moment? Yeah. Agent-wise. Agent-wise. Look, there's there's a few that we sort of keep our eyes on. I'm obviously Shane, one of my very good mates. We we catch up and chat. Um, I keep an eye on, you know, um, the guys Western Suburbs. I think Daniel Gonzalez is doing a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, I like his brand and energy. Um, yeah, I, I kind of keep a finger on the pulse. Um, yeah, I think those two are, are really um, doing very well. We mm-hmm. keep a close eye on them and, and check in, but I, we don't have a hell of a lot of time to really keep go on the, out. you know, the sold section of realestate.com and just see what's going yeah, on. Yeah. Head down, bum up, just worry <laughs> about what you're doing and, and just do a good job. And, um, yeah, just, just stay humble. Remember where you, you know, how it all happened and just do a good job. What do you do on those days when you've just had an absolute shit of a day? <laughs> Yeah. Because oh. they obviously happen often. Yep. I'm assuming in this market. You have some tough days. How do you how do you push through? Oh, good question. Um I, I look, I just ring my mates. I, I surround myself with people that are having a better day so I can rub off on their energy. But if 
yeah, there's nothing. I don't have any magic bullet. I might go for a swim or a walk or just ring one of my mates. I, I always ring Shane and say, what's going on? And then he'll tell me his problems and just bounce off your colleagues. It's a very emotional game yeah. um, just with the highs and lows. So you've got to have a very calm, balanced energy. Otherwise, you will fracture and it's not a good place to be. So just keeping everything in check yeah. is a hard thing to do. But, yeah, just doing a few basic things that bring you back down to earth. Beautiful. Last question for you, Peter. Yeah. You've mentioned you, you're kind of growing your team. What are your big goals for 2020? We're nearly into a new decade. Um, Keep yeah. telling everyone in the office. 2020. Um, 2020. So I've just put on Christy, who's uh, – I actually had didn't have an assistant for all those years, which has probably held me back. I mean, I was doing 50-plus sales year on my own with no help, which I was pulling my hair out. Things were starting to – you know, fall away. So I've put on Christy. She she does all my back end, which keeps me organised. So that's keeping me um, a lot more balanced, and I can I'm not frazzled, so I can really Life do it. Changing. Yeah, no, she's been awesome. Yeah, um, and she's got a really calm energy. Um, she's a mum, so she's um, she she's keeps the perfect you in check. yin to yang. But <laughs> I, look, um, numbers wise, I mean, you always you've got the targets to hit, but. Are you looking to add to the team or, you know, anything like that? Um, eventually you look at a buyer's agent, but, yeah, I haven't looked too far. I just make sure that I nail the day, really. I I, I don't look too far ahead. Yeah. I just – Not a big – Nah, I'm not a planner. planner. I'm just get up and just make sure that every – patience and persistence is my motto, just one day at a time but nail it. So when I go to bed, there's nothing left and yep. I've just – Tick the box and repeat. Giving it everything you can. It's a simple job, but it's just, yeah, all in, all in. Beautiful. I love it. Thanks. Thanks for coming in, Peter. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're so welcome. And what lessons they've learned on their journey to success. That's it for this episode. We'd love any feedback or guest suggestions. So